last 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five, four, three, two, one. It's a pretty nice day today on this June 9th. Welcome into the Mass and All XS podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for making us a part of your Wednesday afternoon. Bobby Blanco here coming to you from my studio apartment in Washington, D.C. Thank you again for joining us. If you're joining us live on Mass and National's Facebook page, YouTube channel, or on YouTube, be sure to comment along throughout the course of the show. We love hearing back from you fans and making you guys a part of the conversation as we continue on. And if not, hopefully you're checking us out after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and or SoundCloud. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Mass and All Access podcast there or wherever else you find your podcast. I'm going to bring in my co-host, Amy Jennings, who joins me via Zoom from her own apartment. And Amy, good to see you. Uh, Did I see that you did some traveling this past weekend to see some college baseball? I did. I went to Greenville, North Carolina. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, to see Maryland in the regional. So it was exciting. They got two wins, made it to the to the final, and um, it, it was a good weekend. So that was fun. There was a lot going on in Greenville this weekend. There was a, a Republican convention. Donald oh, Trump was there. Oh, boy. Um, I think it's the most act- – the regional tournament, I think it's the most action Greenville's seen in a, a, a few months probably. <laughs> Who would have thought Greenville, North Carolina, was the place to be this past weekend? I know it was, but it was right exciting. There. Yeah, and it's I mean, been a while since I've been able to see Maryland baseball because they didn't let like full capacity till the end of the season. Um, and obviously we're not on campus anymore. So uh, it, it was good. It was a good weekend of baseball. Yeah. And, um, you know, you mentioned watching the Maryland team. It was exciting. I mean, that second win they got was a walk off win. I think what was it? They scored in the bottom of the eighth to tie it and then walked it off in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, to get to the final, and then they played ECU, who I think is like the 13th ranked team in the country. So no shame in losing to them right there. But uh, it wasn't a couple of years. It was like 2015, right, that they made it to the uh, College World Series, at least Omaha-ish, and uh, they got bounced yeah, by they, Virginia. Yeah, and in 2017 was the last time they made it to the regional tournament. So it's been a while, um, and maybe this is a good sign for things to come. They'll be consistently there, and uh, we'll get to see some good Maryland baseball. As you know, we're both alums, uh, alumni from the University of Maryland. So, you know, obviously we're big on basketball, football, lacrosse is huge at Maryland. Uh, but for two people who cover the sport of baseball, it'd be kind of cool to see Maryland baseball get back on the map um, and start making some runs at some regional tournaments in the College World Series in a couple of years. They had some down years, I guess, since 2017, but it looks like they're they're back up and coming and they got some pretty good talent coming in, which is um, exciting to see. Anything else going on? It feel like I know we talk every week, like it's Wednesday now. We talk a week and it just feels like it's been longer since I, I last talked to you. <laughs> well, I will tell you, you said it was beautiful weather there. It is not beautiful weather here. It just started like absolutely pouring oh, really? right outside. Yeah, it's thundering. A little storm. I think the sun might come out. Maybe we'll have a rainbow, but we are having completely different weather. So maybe it's headed your way. I don't know which direction. This is why we're not meteorologists. (laughs) You sure it's not a swarm of cicadas over over your house? Oh my gosh, there's so many cicadas. Bobby, they're out of control. They're so loud. (laughs) There's Uh, one in my car today. I was like, in your car. This could be the end. This Uh, could be the end. What's 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 new with you? Anything exciting? Want to do this Uh, again? Um. Not too much. I got away, went to Annapolis on Saturday. That was kind of fun. It was a nice day. It's starting to get hot. You know, it's it's just getting hot and sticky 
which I don't like in Washington, D.C. It's, it's you know, when you build a city on a swamp, that's what you get, I guess. But, I mean, it is just already starting to get pretty humid. Um, our AC in my house, I think I mentioned last week, is broken. We kind of finally got that fixed just in time. So more comfortable inside the house, which is nice. But, uh, yeah, other than that, just kind of watching baseball. Had Monday off day, which was kind of nice. Uh, the Nats are now finishing up this road trip with a two-game series, interleague series against the Rays. Uh, and Amy, we're going to get into the bulk of like the heart of our order, I guess, today is, is going to be talking about the bullpen because I feel like we've talked on and off about them, maybe more so in passing over the past couple of weeks, focusing on other topics, obviously injuries, Strasburg, uh, Juan Soto, slump, stuff like that. But we haven't really dived, uh, dove too deep into the bullpen as a whole so far. Um, so, like I said, two-game series against the Rays, uh, game Two is tonight, uh, 7-10 start on Mass and 2, pregame coverage. Alex Chapel and Dan Colco and Justin Maxwell will have you at 6-30 on Mass and 2 before the Nationals come home for a four-game series against the Giants. Uh, and, Amy, you know, I guess part of the reason why we didn't talk too much about the bullpen over the past couple of weeks or so is because, for the most part, they were the best part about this team, right? You know, they were definitely not the reason that they were losing games, we would always say, like they have been in the past, but... Now it seems like, you know, maybe their fatigue is starting to show a little bit and their some cracks are starting to show and you're not they're not pitching up the snuff that we saw maybe even a couple weeks ago or a month ago that they were play, playing uh, excuse me, pitching at a pretty high level. Uh, what, what are you seeing right now from this Nets bullpen that has been for the most part a strength for this team right now and is starting to maybe uh, show some wear and tear here? Right, right. I mean, they've kind of stayed off our radar pretty much outside of that little stretch in May when we touched on Brad Hand and how he might be affecting this team. They've really held up strong. And uh, there's been so much focus on this lack of offense, lack of consistent offense, uh, starting pitching injuries and all of that. And I think what we're seeing now is kind of the effects and the domino effect of all of those things on the bullpen. Um, of course, the bullpen is somewhat to blame for that, but certainly um, the lack of offense, starting pitching injuries, not going deep into games, we're finally seeing the effects on the bullpen. Um, obviously, they've been trusted with a lot of innings, um, and eventually, just like you said, they're going to get fatigued, and we're going to see see some of those effects. So it's about time we got around to this Nationals bullpen. We get here every single year, uh, it seems like. And for the most part of the season, the depth that they thought they were going to have in that bullpen has stood true. Um, but now they're pitching a whole lot more, trust with a whole lot more innings, and um, we're going to see some cracks. Yeah, and that's just bound to happen, right? And, you know, I think we should talk a lot about, you know, this isn't totally on them. I think, you know, we think about Nationals bullpens from the past couple of years. They just weren't talented enough, um, you know, top to bottom. They had one maybe one or two good arms that they could rely on, but everyone else was kind of struggling, uh, lagging behind them. This is not the case this year. This, if anything, it's they're doing what the starters have been doing for a long time, which is kind of carrying the load for this pitching staff. Um, and it's the starters who aren't getting deep enough to games outside of Max Scherzer uh, who, who aren't allowing this bullpen to be fully rested day in and day out um, uh, to allow Davey Martinez to kind of play matchups and give guys breaks. Uh, you know, it's usually outside, again, of a, a, a start from Max. We're seeing guys have to pitch on back-to-back days, multiple innings at times, get multiple outs uh, because of the new uh, three-batter minimum rule that guys have to come in at times that they normally wouldn't come in and then also pitch the stop the top of the previous inning or the next inning, I should say. So it, it, this is not totally their fault, right? They, they've done, for the most part, their job. Uh, and like you said, we're just going to see 
uh, appearances keep going and going as long as the starting pitching doesn't pick up their end of the bargain. Uh, but we're seeing really good outings from Daniel Hudson, who's got an ERA under 250 to 238. Uh, he's got also got four wins to his name. Uh, Wander Suero was on pace for like a career year so far. We're probably going to see that regress more towards his career averages, but he's been really solid outside of his injury stint uh, this so far this season. Uh, Brad Hand has returned to form. Looks like he's the closer that the Nationals signed this offseason that they expected when they got the best reliever on the market. He's converted 10 of 12 save opportunities. So, you know, it's not like a bullpen pass where they're just not talented enough and they're just just getting by. No, they've got talent here, and they're pitching for the most part pretty well, but there are some pieces that are kind of holding them back, and, and we saw a lot of this kind of come to fruition on Sunday, a bullpen day, right, Amy? You see, you have guys who you know, everyone said after the game, we know you're going to be get your name called. You know you're going to pitch. It's a bullpen day. Obviously, Austin Voth getting hit in the face, breaking his nose doesn't help, but these guys were prepared to come out and pitch important and, and multiple innings uh, in that game, and they kind of ran into a disaster there on Sunday in Philadelphia. Right. I think you're absolutely right about that because for so long it really was a lack of depth and a lack of talent in this bullpen, and Davey Martinez had to ride one arm, um, which eventually would break down, have to go on the IL, and then it, the bullpen kind of exploded. But this year, it's not necessarily that the talent isn't there. It's not necessarily that the depth isn't there. Of course, guys you know, ha- didn't start the season on time, and there's been some injuries in that bullpen, but for the most part, it's not that there's a lack of arms. It's just that they have to use all of those arms. I mean, you mentioned that bullpen game on Sunday. Uh, it took seven pitchers to get through that game. And, of course, if Austin Volk doesn't get hit in the face with that pitch, he would have gone probably a lot more innings uh, the way he was pitching, and he wouldn't have needed all of those guys. But regardless, like you mentioned, it was a bullpen day. And, you know, I've been saying all along, why don't the Nationals go with a bullpen game? Uh, this is probably why. Uh, I think we saw that firsthand on Sunday. Yeah, and if you're looking at if you're watching along with us right now on Facebook or on YouTube or Twitter, you know, this also isn't we don't want to make excuses. We're not making excuses for them, but they also did run into some bad luck. You're looking on Sunday, if you're watching right now, you know, Bryce Harper just hit a chopper blooper, whatever you want to call it, uh to the left side against the shift that was landed for an infield single against Sam Clay. That's the right matchup you want right there. You want your lefty facing Bryce Harper. Uh Sam Clay gets one of the most one of the most ground balls out of any pitcher maybe in that bullpen. Uh, we know his track record from his time in the minor leagues with the Twins. That's the right matchup right there. You just run into some bad luck. And if you continue watching with us right now, you see Jordy Mercer drop a pop ball in shallow right field. Uh, uh, Josh Bell lost it in the sun. Juan Soto didn't get there in time. So it's not completely all of these guys' fault, right? Like they're they had there is a, a some level of bad luck that they ran into, and that's going to happen. Look, Sunday can be you know just a. a, a a once in a lifetime or once in a season kind of thing that happens over the course of a 162 season right uh so you can kind of get rid of that or kind of chalk that up to just that's just a bad sunday a bad game wasn't your day carry on to the next one but the nationals have lost four of their last five um the only one that they did win was the max scherzer start on friday in philadelphia so you're starting to get a little worried that on days where max doesn't start you we already know that you really can't count on the nats starting pitching like you we have been able to over the past couple of years so that means you have to rely on the bullpen and now the bullpen is starting to get a little less formidable a little less consistent and, and strong and and um you know a part where you can kind of lean back and say all right this bullpen has has it and they're they're they know what they're doing then they'll be able to get it done on whenever davy calls on them 
And a lot of it starts with them not being able to throw strikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. And anytime you have, you have a bullpen game, uh, you're going to get exposed. If there's any cracks, uh, it, they're going to be exposed, especially yeah when they're not throwing strikes. And especially when your starter can't go deep into games because it's not just on the bullpen days. Uh, you know, kind of, let's say we can get past that loss. You you threw all these guys out there. It only takes one guy to have a bad day to completely blow the whole game uh, in that situation. Uh, just so happened a lot of guys had bad days, but you look past that and you're like, okay, let's get back into our rotation, Max Scherzer start. But just like you mentioned, beyond the Max Scherzer starts, these starters aren't going deep into games. Uh, you come off of a bullpen game and then John Lester can't even go four innings. What was it, three and two thirds? Uh, that's yeah. not going to work, especially, I mean, you, you, Davey Martinez is hoping and praying that, you know, John Lester just the week before came back on short rest and really outpitched himself or what Davey Martinez probably expected out of him. Uh, and then you turn around and you're hoping and praying that after that bullpen game, uh, you can get every inning, every pitch you possibly can out of John Lester and he can't go four innings and you're forced to put him back out there again. So it's not even like you can chuck that bullpen Sunday's game up for a loss and move on. Um, you're faced with this is issue because your starters aren't going deep into games. And then you throw on top of it you that the offense can't score runs. I mean, they're not getting any, any run support. So you kind of have this twofold issue here. And then your bullpen, who's already fatigued, has to be perfect pretty much every time out. So that's a big issue. And then, of course, they're going out there and they can't throw strikes. And walks have been a huge issue um, beyond. There really weren't a lot of hard hit balls in that inning. And, you know, you don't want them to walk, guys. So, okay, they're throwing strikes. Guys are making contact. Uh, and then your defense can't make the, the plays in the field behind you. Uh, so that's certainly an issue, too. So there's a lot going on here for this bullpen. Uh, and you can't take the blame completely off of them, especially when they're the ones that go out there and can't throw strikes. But there's certainly a domino effect from the starters, from the offense, um, that trickles down on them. And the bullpen kind of gets blamed for a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. And so this has been kind of a, a balancing act right now for the bullpen, right? Like we said, they they started strong. Uh, they're not coming off so strong right now. They're running into some some thick waters, I guess, some, some rough waters right there for right now. Uh, and if you look at it, it's like I, I'm not exactly sure. We did, I guess we didn't dive too deep to them earlier on the season. They, I'm assuming they ranked pretty well in most categories uh, looking on earlier in the season. But if you look at it right now, across the board, the Nats bullpen is – pretty much average they're league average so they're, again they're not terrible i mean it's right now it seems like they're terrible maybe or maybe earlier in the season it seems like they were really good but right now they're kind of league averages they're ranked 16th in majors uh, with an era at 416 they're 11th in home runs allowed which is good which means like for the most part they're keeping the ball in the park only 24 home runs allowed by this bullpen their batting average against is pretty low they ranked 11th there 227 their whip is back towards average uh, in the middle of the pack, uh, 1295. Uh, their strikeouts per nine, you know, they're almost a nine and a half, a little over nine strike, nine and a half strikeouts per their nine innings. Uh, that's 17th in the majors. Uh, their walk rate is nine, 16th in the majors, 3.98 per nine innings. The strikeout to walk rate total isn't great. You would think you want that more going to strike. I wonder if that, that strikeout to walk rate of 2.40, which ranks 19th in the majors, I wonder if that has increased a lot over the past couple of days because we have seen a lot of walks from this Nationals bullpen over the past couple of days. And that's something that Dave Martinez can't, like he will scream his head off until he loses his voice. You cannot give up walks. And, and I think, 
you know, it's one thing for starting pitchers to do so, right? Because starting pitchers, you have a longer leash. You you know you're going out there to pitch more innings. You can kind of get away with a leadoff walk maybe or a one-out walk. A walk here and there won't kill you because you're also pitching earlier in the game typically and you're not getting, uh, you know, you're not pitching in high-leverage situations. Whereas bullpen arms, you can't issue walks because more often than not, you're coming into a high-leverage situation late in the game and allowing a free base runner is always going to be a no-no in that scenario. And David Martinez pulls his hair out every single time uh, a, 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 a Nats reliever gives up a walk. And we haven't really seen that but as of late, it seems to become more of an issue. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's and that's why I mentioned the walks. I mean, you give up a leadoff walk and hit a guy, and then all of a sudden you have two guys on base, home run, you're, you're three, three runs in the hole. Uh, where if you don't give up that, you make one mistake on one pitch, it's a solo home run, it doesn't completely change the game. Um, and it's so much emphasized with relievers, whereas just you mentioned, uh, starters aren't in as high leverage situations, they can give up a, a few more walks. It's like Tanner Rainey has 14 walks to 22 strikeouts, not great. And he's a guy who's out there in high leverage situations. And so those walks end up being pretty costly. Um, not to mention he has 18 earned runs and 16 innings compared to Max Scherzer has given up 18 runs in 77 innings. So you're talking high leverage situations that end up being super costly uh, as a result of walks most often because you're giving up more runs automatically than if they hit it out or any any uh, extra base hit. And you see it especially emphasized in the bullpen. And Tanner Rainey is a perfect example of a guy that has, we, you expected so much more going into this season just because of what you saw last year. Uh, you thought he was going to be a big piece um, in this bullpen. And he has been really costly. And Davey Martinez is still putting him out there um, in high leverage situations. And I'm not sure when kind of the breaking point for that is. Yeah, well, actually, since you brought him up, let's jump to Tanner Rainey. You mentioned the walks rate is right there. It's just a little over 1.5. Not fantastic. He had a pretty good outing. It was a Tuesday night against the Rays. He did hit a batter, though, so that's going to hurt the whip um, and the amount of runners you put on base. But he got out of a clean inning. But David Martinez was asked about Tanner on Sunday after that disastrous game in Philadelphia. Uh, of course, Tanner did pitch an inning in that game. I think he gave up a couple of runs, issued a couple of walks, got out of it, though. Dave Martinez just let him wear it. You know, he kind of had him at that point in the bullpen game, used a bunch of arms. The game was pretty much out of reach anyways. Kind of had to let Tanner figure out all by himself. But he was basically, uh, t- uh, Dave Martinez basically asked after the game, what's up with Tanner Rainey? How do you get him fixed? Um, and what's next for him? So here's t- uh, Dave Martinez discussing Tanner Rainey and what uh, fixes he could implement soon. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, we, we're going to keep working with him, you know, but, you know, he, he's got to, you know, we want him to be a guy for us. We really do. And he's got the stuff to do that. You know, he comes out and get, gets, goes over to on a guy and then hits him in the foot, <laughs> you know, and then he falls behind and, and double. And then, and then he threw a fastball up when he was trying to go you know, down and, um, and, you know, it's a bad spot for Rio Muto gives up a home run. So then he settles down, you know, and he gets, he gets some, he gets some out. So uh, we got to get him settled down right away. And, and get up there and get, get himself under control and, and throw strikes. I mean, well, you know, when he's throws strikes and the sliders, sliders around the plate, he's tough to hit. You know, he's got deception. The ball comes out um, and, he, and he's tough. So we got to get him settled down a little bit and not try to do too much. And uh, the biggest thing for me is when I first saw him, we first got him, you know, he's trying to throw every ball at, you know, 105 miles an hour. 
and we really had to we really had to get him to settle back down and just honestly just go out there and and, and tell him hey you got to go out there at 75 percent because once once your adrenaline starts going you're you're going to be at 100 percent you know and the ball's going to come out and so he just needs to relax and go out there and, and like i said uh it's one pitch at a time for 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 tanner you know and uh and get, get you just get it out you know get one pitch at a time get one out and move on to the next batter it does seem like Tanner Rainey more often than not is throwing like almost 100 miles per hour, trying to throw the ball, you know, through the catcher and outside the backstop. I mean, he's just trying so hard. We know he can get up there, right? We can he can touch triple digits. He's done it for the first couple of seasons that he's been here. We talked about his velocity not being very high early on in spring training. Um, what well, we know, well, I guess when he started spring training because he started late, but. Uh, and that he would get that back. But now it's just the command. It's been all over the place. Some of his pitching maps just look like, you know, one of those splatter art projects where you just like throw <laughs> paint at a wall. He's kind of all over the place. I mean, he does have no control while still trying to pump 100. Right. Yeah. No, and I think what David Mar- Martinez, you can see it. I mean, that's pretty accurate. You can you can see it in every one of his outings. And it's just that control. I mean, his inning in that Sunday bullpen game was a perfect example. I mean, he hit a guy. Then he gave up a double and then ended up being a three-run home run, which is kind of just what we talked about. It's that command. If you hit a guy uh, to lead off your inning, you're going to be be in some trouble and it can be costly later on. Um, and I get that Davey Martinez wants him to be that guy. And I obviously there's potential there. We've seen it firsthand. But I wonder at what point you kind of – start giving these innings or these high leverage situations to guys who have proven themselves. I mean, there's certainly guys in this bullpen who, yeah, haven't pitched as many innings or yes, don't get in, in these high leverage situations, but at what point do you throw them in there? Um, and just say, well, what do I have to lose in this situation? What, when do you stop playing the odds of here's what Tanner Rainey can be uh, and here's what I want him to be? Or, you know, what do I have to lose? Let's throw these other guys in because they're in last place. I mean, they're losing a lot of games. Give them a shot. I, I don't really know what that, that point is. Uh, do, you, do you keep putting Tanner Rainey back out there as much as Davey Martinez has? I think at this point you you really do have to, and that was kind of what he was asked too. Like, what what's the solution here? Like, is there? I don't know if you, not that the Nats do this, but like, do you make up an injury, try to send him down somewhere, make him figure it out, or do you just let him figure it out on the mound? And I think they're going to let him do that. I think they have to because, you know, if Will Harris was still in this bullpen right now and, and healthy, this is a much easier fix because you could probably figure out a way to shut down Tanner Rainey, let him figure it out somewhere else, and then bring him back. But now Tanner is that you know, seventh inning guy, quote unquote, he's going to be that third guy out. It's going to be him, Hudson, and then Harris, uh, excuse, me, excuse me, hand, because Harris is out. So I, I think they have to let Tanner Rainey figure it out. If he's healthy, he's got to figure it out on his own. It's going to be on a mound. It's going to be in a game situation. Uh, we've talked about maybe you can give him lower level situations, uh, but, you know, that comes back to the offense. You know, the Nats need to have a lead for that to happen, right? So, and that hasn't happened. So, you know, more often than not, he's been coming in in tight games because those are the games the Nationals have been playing. The Nationals very rarely have big leads that, you know, will allow Davey Martinez to be like, all right, Tanner, get ready. We're going to throw you in right now here in the sixth, even though we're up by five, um, and just let you kind of throw it and figure it out. And looking across the board at Tanner's numbers, I mean, there's a lot of things that don't look right compared to his what we saw back in 2019 and even last year, even though it was a shortened year. 
His contact percentages are way up. Uh, everyone's seeing him really well. I wonder if it's a situation where they know he wants to throw the fastball and they're just sitting on it, and that's where they're getting some loud outs there. Um, he is throwing it his first pitch for strikes more often than he has in the past, but again, I wonder if that's just because everyone's taking their first hack on that first pitch fastball. Um, and uh, his zone percentage is the lowest it's ever been. So that means he's throwing the ball the least amount in the zone that he's ever uh, in his first two seasons of, of, of Major League Baseball. Under 40% of his pitches land up in the strike zone. And again, that kind of goes back to my me saying that his, his pitch chart is all over the place. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the fix is for Tanner. Maybe Davey's right. Maybe he needs to take it down, level it back down to like level 8 or 7, and then build your way back up to 9 and 10 uh, throughout the course of your, adding, your outing because you can't come out of the bullpen pumping 100 because you're going to be all over the map and, and guys are either going to get hit, walked, or they're going to hit a loud out on you. Right. You're absolutely right. And there's no command. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of options. Uh, uh, the batter pretty much knows what's coming, which explains that high contact rate, uh, especially this season. But he certainly has to figure something out. Uh, and I would agree that there's no better place to figure that out than on the mound and in game situations. Um, and you mentioned the lack of depth, obviously, Harris being out having surgery. Um, you can't really put him on the IL, make up an injury and give him that time because they need him. They need that arm in the in the bullpen. Um, and then you also throw in the fact that the, the there's um, starter injuries. They're not going deep into games. And so that's what forces you to have more arms. They know if you could rely on your rotation day in and day out, or at least the majority of the time, then you could probably give up uh, a bullpen arm. You know that you only are going to have to go two, three innings uh, with a bullpen every day. Uh, and you could go 10 days without Tanner Rainey, but that just simply isn't the situation right now. And the offense on top of that, they're in, in high leverage situations almost every game um, if they can keep their opponents' uh, uh, runs down. So it's 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 a tough situation. It's a tough situation for Davey Martinez. I understand why he wants him to be the guy. I see the potential. Um, but you might as well give somebody else an opportunity and see what they can do while Tanner Rainey uh, tries to figure this out. Is that someone you're thinking like a guy like Kyle Finnegan, maybe someone who showed pretty had a pretty good rookie year last year, is coming off, bouncing back a little bit and showing that that wasn't just, you know, rookie luck and he's actually a pretty solid relief uh, pitching arm? Right. Yeah. Kyle Finnegan. I mean, he's gotten a decent amount of innings this um, this year, too. Obviously, just not that, you know, seven inning guy the way that they've kind of tar uh, tagged Tanner Rainey as. But he's certainly um, certainly an option. But he does lead the bullpen with 15 walks. Um, so that's a, certainly an issue he has to get under control or even let Paulo Asvino or um, Kyle McGowan step up. I mean, they haven't pitched. They've as nearly as many innings and obviously they're never in those late inning high leverage spots um but maybe they could be i mean they've gone out and done their job every time so try it for a game you really have nothing to lose um at this point uh and maybe they'll they'll prove their work but worth but those are two guys who have done their job uh certainly this season um and the rest of the bullpen have kind of had their ups and downs too uh, so it, it's kind of hard to put it all on Tanner Rainey's back right now, but he's kind of the obvious one, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I like like you mentioned, they are counting on Tanner Rainey so much. Um, ex even before Will Harris went out, they were counting on him a lot to, to contribute to this bullpen, to be a, a strong arm out. Uh, to be kind of that fire escape guy, like you know, they could he he was the one that they could call in 
in a jam and bridge the gap, hopefully, between starter in sixth or seventh inning and then Harris, Hudson, and Hand. So, obviously, that's not going to be the case this year with Harris being out. Now, Tanner Rainey definitely needs to kind of take on more of that bigger role and be the guy that, all right, I can come in on the seventh. I can come in in the eighth if uh, Huddy needs a day off. I can come in, you know, in the eighth and Hudson can take the ninth if uh, Hand needs a day off, something like that. Um, but the other problem is, too, and this is maybe something we're not talking about enough, is that, again, this, I mean, we're talking about pitching a lot in this podcast, Amy, but we also have to mention the offense that they're not providing the opportunities for these guys like this. You know, we're, we talked about so much a couple weeks ago when we did kind of br- briefly mention the podcast that we need Hudson and ha- uh, Hand maybe to get more outings and get more into a rhythm of the season because they haven't pitched so much but that's because the Nationals weren't in position to win a lot of games. So you typically wouldn't bring them in, especially in a close game when you're losing because, you know, you need you, – that's you're trying to get your starter deeper in the game. You hand it off to somebody else, and then you want to save those guys for if and when you do make a comeback and either tie the game or take the lead late. Um, and so it, this kind of falls back towards the offense a little bit too where they need to score some runs. They need to put this team in better position to win – so that this bullpen is in better position to do their thing, to you know, be laid out the way that it was planned to. Uh, you know, when Mike Rizzo lays out his blueprint before every season, he says, "Here are your guys for this scenario, this scenario, and this scenario. Use them that way." Uh, and they haven't been able to do that because of the Nationals' offense hasn't been able to score runs. Right. I mean, this the the Nationals are in the bottom five in saves in the majors, but they're second to last in save opportunities. So that just, you know, shows you it's a clear example of why they aren't getting in these opportunities because of the lack of offense. Um, and, you know, you mentioned when Davey kind of had this set up, he had the blueprint for this um, bullpen, and that's why we weren't seeing and as much. That's why we weren't seeing Hudson as much. And we thought maybe they're – their rough May was, or their rough patches uh, were because they weren't pitching as often. And that's kind of another example of where this balancing act comes in because the more the hand pitched, we saw that he got better. Um, And then now you fear that you overuse him um, and you're going to lead to injuries. And then what do you do then? You don't have a whole lot of other options. So it's another example. And it's in Davey Martinez's lap really is finding this balance between pitching them enough um, and sticking to the or sticking to this, you know, set blueprint that you have, and you only put them in in these certain certain situations, and kind of let everybody else eat those innings and 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 take those those runs. Yeah, and and just to kind of revert back to what the guys can do on the mound, because that's something that's out of their control, right? I mean, they can't control who how the offense does and how they score, and and the late the late game situations that they're going to be put in, right? They can only respond to the call when it is, you know, when it's when they're called upon. Um, but uh, what they can do is throw first pitches pitches for strikes. They can reduce their walks, and we talked about that a little bit earlier on. But you know, I was actually kind of surprised when I looked this up, Amy, that uh, that the, the Nats bullpen is tenth in the majors in first pitch strike percentage, and that they throw first pitch strikes just over fifty nine percent of the time, almost sixty percent of the time, and that ranks t- uh, and then ranks in the top ten in the majors, which I would have guessed from watching this bullpen as of late that they would have been lower. Maybe that's partly due to their earlier successes and throwing strike one. Uh, and now we're kind of seeing them labor off or, or tail off towards uh, the medium more. But I was kind of surprised to see that. And like you mentioned also, too, uh, they're they're 21st in the majors with only 86 walks. But that feels like that number starting to creep up uh, recently. And that's 
maybe just because is it fatigue like we talked about who knows but that's something to keep an eye on and that's something that david martinez has harped on a lot you have to throw uh pitch number one for a strike you have to not give up free bases to guys, especially against good offenses, because they're going to make you pay. You can get away with that when you play in the Marlins, what they've only played three times, or you know the Reds, whatever it may be, even though they lost two of those games. But you can't do that against the Braves, the Mets, now the Rays, the best team in the American League, uh, the Phillies, another division rival. You can't give them free passes because they're going to score. Uh, and I, this is just the bullpen, too. So the bullpen has been done pretty well for the most part in those two categories, but it seems like those numbers are starting to creep up a little bit as of late. Right. Yeah, that really does surprise me. I wouldn't have guessed that. Uh, but that probably is due to their first, you know, half success like because months, they really yeah. were. Yeah. First two months, they really were a bright spot of this team. And it kind of got pushed to a side, even when Brad Hand had two blown saves and six opportunities. We could kind of brush it aside because it's like, well, this offense isn't getting them enough runs to win anyway. Or, you know, starters are putting them in a terrible position. Um, and really, they were doing their job. But now we're kind of seeing it more and more. And obviously, the walks are 100% on them. And getting ahead of guys is a huge part of that. So maybe that number will, will get up and they can stay right there. Um, that's a huge part of it. But there's also a domino effect of the rest of it. So better command, throwing strikes, um, keeping guys in it, and not giving up walks is huge. Um, but the rest of the team has to do their job too, and maybe that'll take some pressure uh, off of this bullpen. Well, we saw last night, like you mentioned, John Lester, Tuesday night, John Lester going only three and two-thirds, uh, not being able to complete a fourth inning. So that kind of resulted in another bullpen game, the second in three days for this Nationals club after a Monday off day. And when that happened, some of the arms we saw, like I just mentioned, they gave up free passes, they gave up walks, and Davey Martinez, like I said, just cannot – stand that and that's something that he will not stand for and gets pretty upset about so he was asked of course about that after the game uh and he just mentioned hey look we cannot allow teams to have base runners we need to get outs we need to throw first pitches for strikes um and reduce the walks and so take a listen to what dave martinez had to say about the bullpen's walk walks from the past couple of days i don't like them at all i mean throw, you know i want those guys to come in and throw strikes um they're good they've been good you know all of a sudden now we're starting to walk guys um, and when you walk those guys, you know, runners are going to score, plain and simple. And we saw it tonight again, you know, so we got to come in and, and, and throw strikes and, and let them put the ball in play. Yeah, you know, our guys got good enough stuff to get guys out, uh, you know, work ahead of the count and make some good pitches. Do you see any commonalities in those walks? Is it trying to be a bit too fine with pitches? Or I guess, what do you, what do you see there? Uh, you know, once again, you know, the, the whole thing magnifies when you're not scoring runs, you know, and they, they're coming in there to try not to give up any runs. Hey, just throw strikes, let your defense play behind you and get outs, you know, get outs. I mean, that's one thing I liked about, you know, Espino, you know, Harper did a great job with just, you know, throwing strikes and getting outs for us. I mean, that's what you got to do in those moments. Here, Davey Martinez right there mentioned, like we just did, that that it's partially also to blame for the offense because the offense needs to score runs. Um, But, you know, then the bullpen has to control what they can control, and that's obviously not throwing uh, balls, not throwing – uh, not allowing guys to get on base without having to take a swing or put the ball in play. Uh, and, and, you know, so it's kind of a give and take right there. Like we said, this is a balancing act. This is a team. Got to work as a cohesive unit. Um, and right now they're not really doing that. There's We're seeing other parts of the team not be able to do what they're supposed to do, and that's going to affect the other parts, i.e. right here, the offense is not being able to give run support to the pitching staff. The bullpen is starting to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's tough because – 
every guy is going to have a bad game. Right. Every player is going to have a bad outing. Um, and obviously when you're a, a reliever, a lot of pressure is on you, but there's so much pressure on these relievers now. Um, and so their bad outings are just amplified um, and, and pretty costly in a lot of these games. And talking about walks and a guy who's kind of been up and down, Wander Suero, he's a guy we don't talk about a whole lot, but he is an 18 to five strikeout to walk ratio. So this is a, is a guy out of this bullpen who isn't issuing a ton of walks like the rest of the team. Um, and he's another guy who has had some really good outings. I mean, he threw a perfect inning in that bullpen game on Sunday, obviously came back out yesterday and didn't find that same success. Um, but it's kind of hard to pick and choose what outings you're looking at because they're so ample with these relievers um but outside of when he first came off of the il um from that uh, oblique injury he, he struggled for a little bit but he's been on the upswing and he's been a guy that's been pretty reliable um out of this bullpen and maybe it'll be a guy that davy martinez trusts with more than one inning here and there yeah i briefly mentioned earlier that wonder was like on pace for like a career year i guess he technically still is but before Tuesday night's outing against the Rays, his ERA was down to 260, which was fantastic for him in just, I think it was like 17 innings or so. Uh, and then he comes out and pitches one-third inning and gets one out against the Rays, but allows two runs and a hit. Uh, and that inflates his ERA to over three and a half. So, I mean, that was a huge outing last night that just completely makes... I mean, that's still a pretty solid ERA, right, for Wander, a three five seven. Um, but it was at 260 24 hours ago, which is crazy. And um, <laughs> he had a really good outing against Philly. He had another solid outing um, um, against Atlanta last week in that blowout 11-6 to win where he pitched over an inning. He's had some pretty good success in terms of pitching uh, more than just one inning so far this season, uh, which he haven't, hasn't been able to do in the past. We talked about in spring training that's something maybe he shouldn't do, um, and he's done it a couple times already this year, and he's actually done pretty well so far. Uh, so, yeah, Wander is a guy that I think is coming a, a, around. I think a lot of Nationals fans and maybe people across the media have this perception of Wander Suero because it's fun to make jokes that he's going to pitch in every single game or at least <laughs> warm up for every single game, which is fun. But he's been productive, and I even said – I think I, I must have jinxed him uh, because I think I even said on Twitter the other day, I was like, dare I say Wander Suero is fantastic. And, of course, he gave up two runs in a third inning <laughs> the other night. So that's I on just, you, Bobby. That's I, on you. That's like the second time that's happened or third time that I've jinxed something this season. And I, I hear from the Nats fans, and it's like, all right, I'm going to stop tweeting how good the players are going to be. I'm going to shut up. But, uh, but yeah, no, Wander has been, has been really solid this season. And, like I said, take out that one uh, outing last night. Uh, against the Rays, he's been really solid this year. An arm that David Martinez trusts. Uh, take away his injury from this earlier season, he's been pretty solid. And in, in, in terms of his availability, we know Davey likes to use him day in and day out. But uh, yeah, he's been a, a very a huge positive that I don't think we talk enough about. We talk about Hudson and Hand a lot, obviously, and then we talk about the kind of the struggles of everybody else. But Wander Suero definitely deserves some credit mm -hmm. uh, for what he's done so far this year. Yeah, and being able to make it more than one inning is crucial for Wonder Swirl, so that's a huge step um, for him. And I, when we're talking about depth, that's another guy that uh, we kind of forget about. I mean, he had a great spring training. We know Davey Martinez has stressed with him a lot of innings in the past, and then, of course, had to go on the I.O. with that oblique injury. So it's, it's kind of up and down for all of these players in and out, and we kind of take for granted maybe the depth situation and kind of forget – that some of these guys went on the IL this season and is another reason that these other guys have been trusted with so many more innings.
Yeah. And just to kind of round it out, since we kind of touched on everybody else, the one guy I did also want to touch, touch on was Sam Clay, the only other lefty out of this pen outside of Brad Hand. You know, for a rookie who before this season hasn't pitched above minor league ball, we know his story coming over from the Twins. You know, he's had some ups and downs. I mean, which is expected, right? He's still just a rookie. Um, figuring out, you know, he like Tanner Rainey is trying to figure it out on the mound in game situations while also being a rookie. We saw kind of Tanner have to do that back in 2019 as well. Um, but you know, he, he gets his soft contact. He gets his ground balls when he's supposed to mentioned running into some bad luck on, um, on Sunday against Bryce Harper and the Phillies. But this is a guy that if you kind of get the ups and you're, you know, you're going to have to take the downs with the ups, right? So like, if you, if you like what you see on a good day, you're going to have to accept when he's kind of having a bad day. That's just going to be the way it's going to go for Sam Clay this season. Um, and hopefully he can kind of keep that pace, maybe even turn it around to being more consistently positive than negative as he kind of grows into this role uh, because the Nationals need him. Like I said, he's the only lefty. We know matchups isn't that much of a big deal right now uh, with the three batter minimum, but it is still part of the strategic part of the game. Uh, and, he, and the Nationals are going to need another lefty out of this pen. Right. You're absolutely right about that. And I think that's what's really kept him around for so long. And I get really frustrated with Sam Clay, but then I forget he was a, been a career minor leaguer um, and they're trusting him with a lot of innings uh, so far this year. And, it, you know, example of his poor command was when he came in and that game uh, issued a four pitch walk, I think it was. And that's just another example of what the Nationals are doing wrong or what these guys are doing wrong. But um, Sam Clay has had his ups and he's very valuable because he's the only other lefty in this pen. Um, but he has certainly had his downs um, and they've been costly too. So he's another guy who has eaten uh, eat up a lot of innings out of this bullpen, but He's had his downs, and um, hopefully he can get that commander under control because those those walks have been been so crucial for the Nationals. Yeah, another guy with command issues right now. We kind of knew that coming in. Uh, that's cause sometimes the situation with him. Uh, I feel like he needs a lot of like calming down talks, right? Like he's like mm-hmm. maybe gets into his head a little too much as a rookie on the mound, um, and we can you can tell when he's calm and collected. He, he's, that's when he's efficient, but when he starts, you know, gives up maybe a leadoff hit or, or, or hits a batter or leadoff walk, whatever it may be, maybe he gets a little razzled out there and, and, and starts to kind of not break down, but just maybe overthinks it too much. And it's not just pitching. He's more so like trying to execute as just, you know, just play the game, let lose. I think Jim Hickey and Dave Martinez have had to have a couple conversations with him and be like, you know, relax. It's okay. It's okay. We saw, I think it was last night, wasn't it? That in the dugout, Dave Martinez had kind of gave him like a hug. And was like, hey, just like take a deep breath. You're good. Like relax. Like we trust you. We 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 wouldn't. I wouldn't put you out in that situation if I didn't think you could handle it. And and you need to right. trust and believe in yourself uh, to take care of that. Right. And that's kind of another balancing act for Davey Martinez because it's like with a guy like that, do you leave him out there, let him get roughed up a little bit, work it out, um, or do, do you take him out and let him keep his confidence up a little bit? So that's certainly a balancing act, probably a lot of coaching there. And we see it firsthand because when he's calm, collected, you see a lot better um, outings from Sam Clay. Yep, yep. Well, all of that's to say is that the Nationals bullpen is doing pretty well for the most part this season, definitely better than in years past. Um, this losing streak that they've been on, losing four out of five, uh, you know, it's it's been a rough week. And we're kind of saying that every week now, Amy, right? And it's just like, 
a week ago today, we were talking about the possibility of winning, you know, coming back to win three or four against Atlanta. Then you had the opportunity against Philadelphia uh, to gain some more ground in the NL East. And then since then, they've only won one more game. They had a split with Atlanta, and then they dropped three out of four after winning the first, uh, excuse me, two out of three after winning the first game in Philly. And now, of course, dropped the first game in Tampa Bay. So a rough go at it right now for the Nationals, but it's not all the bullpen's fault. For the most part, they've been doing their job. Let's see if their starters can get a little deeper outside of Max. Let's see if the offense can wake up a little bit and provide some run support. Score first, score early. That's what Davey Martinez wants to see, and that's usually a good recipe for success. Yeah, I will say when we were talking about jinxing earlier, I think we have done some reverse hexing. After we talked about Juan Soto and all the things that were going wrong, he went up over some home runs right after our podcast, I think two days in a row, gotten some more extra base hits, kind of figuring some timing things out. So maybe you might have done some damage on Twitter, but I think we we did a little bit positive on this podcast last week. How do I, how do I reverse jinx somebody on Twitter? Because I, I can't go out there and say Juan Soto's gonna blow today. Like I can't like you know I I, right. I, I gotta say positive and you know I, I'm a positive person. I'm not gonna go out there and say you know Patrick Corbin's not gonna get it done this afternoon. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to. <laughs> don't do yeah I wouldn't do that. I'm, we'll just have to leave leave that part for the podcast yeah. and you can do the rest. The rest and then you if you say I'm trying to reverse jinx that nullifies the reverse jinx. So I like, know <laughs> that's why we can't talk about it until yeah. after the fact. But it, we already did that. We did our work. It's done and over with. So we exactly can exactly. <laughs> well, like I said, the Nats conclude this long road trip uh, tonight against the Rays in Tampa Bay. Patrick Corbin is going to take the mound. Um, I think he's facing a rookie, a fellow left-hander who is a rookie for McClanahan. I remember his name, McClanahan, a nice Irish name uh, for the Rays. Again, that's some, you know, here's an opportunity. Yeah, the other thing too, Amy, last night, Tyler Glass now shoved. That's going to happen, right? He's one of the best pitchers in the American League. He's not at all baseball right now. I think he's like third in strikeouts. There's no shame in losing to Tyler Glass now last night. But you're facing a rookie starter tonight. I know the Rays have a great system and, and do really well drafting and bringing up prospects. But this veteran lineup has to take some kind of advantage against a rookie starting pitcher who I think got roughed up in his last outing too. So he's coming off a bad outing. This is another golden opportunity for the Nationals to kind of break out of this funk, end the road trip on a positive note, and come home uh, to face the Giants. Right, and it's a perfect opportunity for Patrick Corbin to be able to prove that he can go deep into games. Uh, it, it's time he has to do that, and this is the perfect opportunity because you had a bullpen game, then you had John Lester who could only go three and two-thirds. Patrick Corbin has to do something yep. uh, to help this bullpen, and hopefully the offense on top of that uh, will get them some run support and they, they can pull out a win. Yep, they've got uh, seven straight games, it looks like. Their next off day isn't until uh, next Thursday, the 17th, so... The bullpen's going to be needed over that stretch. And Patrick, looking for seven, man. Give us seven strong. <laughs> quality start at minimum um, and allow. We haven't seen Hudson and Brad Hand since, what, Friday night probably? Uh, uh, maybe even maybe a little bit on Saturday in that close game before it got blown out late. So, you know, they should be fully rested. Hand it off to them. Let them do the job. Come home with a victory. Um, Amy, did we forget anything? Any last notes? Anything that we need to correct or anything like that? I don't think so. I think we touched on everybody, but I think the most important thing tonight is that you, you need Patrick Corbin to go deep into this game. Um, and hopefully Davey Martinez can work his plan, work his blueprint, and be able to put Hudson in hand out there in a situation um, uh, to win. 
Yep. Uh, well, we'll look forward to it. Again, coverage tonight on Masson 2 starting at 6.30. First pitch just after 7.10 on uh, Masson 2. And also, check out, uh, if you have uh, one of the streaming services, be sure to catch out on the Masson app. You can stream it on the app right now, so check that out as well. Uh, that's going to do it for this podcast. Amy, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, and uh, be sure to give her a follow at Amy Jennings News on Twitter. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, Ames. Thank you, Bobby. All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Mass and All Access podcast. Thanks again so much for tuning in. And be sure to check out the Mass and All Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud, or wherever else you get podcasts. You can find the Mass and All Access podcast. Tune in next week as well, uh, probably either Tuesday or Wednesday. Amy and I will be going live uh, again uh, on our Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So be check us out there. Um, and also you can give me a follow on Twitter at Bobby underscore Blanco. I've also been doing series recaps for the podcast on audio formats only. So be sure to subscribe to get those recaps and breakdowns and preview of the next series. That episode probably next episode will probably drop Thursday morning. So you can check that out uh, at your leisure. Thanks again for tuning in. Stay safe. Stay healthy, everybody out there. Hopefully we'll see you at the ballpark. Nationals Park opening up at full capacity this weekend starting tomorrow on Thursday. So be sure to get out to the ballpark. Hopefully the weather holds up and you'll be able to catch some live baseball uh, with some of your closest Nationals friends. Until then, enjoy the games and we'll talk to you later.